Hello and welcome to a post-mortem podcast. Cavaliers, their season is over. Um, after game five, they lose to the New York Knicks. A really, really rough series, a rough game tonight. Cleveland season is now in the rear view. New York moves on to the next round. They will play either the Miami Heat or the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and that game is actually currently in a crazy finish right now. But we are not talking about that. We are here to talk about the Cavaliers and just what happened in this atrocious 4-1 to loss of a series and also an atrocious 106-95 to loss tonight. That means that the Cavaliers throughout this series to New York, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, they scored over 100 points one time. Yeah, one time. Game two. And that was their only win of the series. They scored 107 yeah, points. Yeah, they made 14 threes in a game. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my, uh, you know, I, we're going to have time to kind of break down. I think we're going to do a podcast on Friday, you know, maybe okay. when we have more time to clear our clear our heads and just right. take a look at what happened in this thing. But just your immediate reaction to this series. I mean, what 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 is your reaction? What is your feeling after the series is now over? Um, That, like, even though what happened in the regular season was something that these guys should be proud of winning 51 games, getting the four seed in the Eastern conference, um, the best regular season that they've had since 2016, 17, and they showed promise for the future. There are some pretty important and difficult decisions ahead for this front office. Um, if they're willing to entertain those, and I don't know if they're going to, um, but maybe a series like this against the Knicks where they get completely bullied, it was unbelievably lopsided. It was not competitive whatsoever. Like, this is the kind of series that sometimes, and look, for this young team, like, their clock was never ticking as fast as it was in Milwaukee and Miami and Philadelphia and Boston and some of these other places, right? because of the age of their young guys, because of the contract situations of their young guys, because of the experience that they didn't have compared to some of those other teams. So, like, there was a reality attached to them. But yeah. they came into these playoffs confident, at least confident that they could beat the Knicks. And I had one player tell me after the game that they thought, still, after losing the series, they thought they were the better team than the Knicks. All along, including after losing 4-1 in this series. Oh. Um, so that was the feeling inside the organization. And when you have this kind of lopsided loss in a playoff series, I just think like that's the kind that can make you start to rethink some things when it comes to your roster and what your future truly is. It's interesting you say that. You're you're mentioning you know, the roster. Um, yeah. And the moves that need to be made. I mean, obviously, we all saw what happened in this series um, in regards to just the pure. I mean, I I, I did the stats uh, as best I could. I'm not a numbers guy, but I I, I added as much as I could. <laughs> uh, Knicks out rebounded the Cavs two twenty seven to one eighty six. Yeah, and then Knicks out rebounded the Cavs on the offensive end seventy five to forty six. Yeah. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley combined for 39 right rebounds over the final three games of the series. Robinson had 36 in that time. I mean, just it, it, the, the the rebounding thing never it, it seemed like it was getting better after the first game. 
and then it just completely tanked again. And I, I think that when you look at this series, the thing that everybody mentioned was physicality. So the question is, how do the Cavaliers get more physical? I mean, how do they how do they find physicality? Where does it just come out of thin air after a lot of time in the weight room? I mean, how how can they find that kind of toughness and tenacity that they obviously lacked in this series? So I think there are a couple of things, Hayden. I think number one is going through the playoffs and experiencing what playoff level physicality is. Um, I think that's going to help. I think that's going to help Evan Mobley. I think it's going to help Darius Garland. I think it's going to help Jared Allen, who just was not physical enough in this series. Um, I think it's going to help Isaac Okoro. I think it helps because it's like one thing to talk about it and one thing to hear from teammates and coaches saying, hey, it's different in the playoffs. The regular season of the playoffs, two completely different games. And then these guys can talk about, yeah, we understand that it's going to be different, but you have to feel it. Uh You have to see it for yourself, right? Um, It's one thing to watch the New York Knicks on tape and then see how great Mitchell Robinson is and how physical and imposing he can be. And the same thing with Julius Randle. But then you take that first bump from one of those guys and you're like, oh my God, that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to help just on a surface level. The other thing is, yeah, like Evan Mobley is going to get bigger and stronger. He's going to spend more time in an NBA weight room. It's only his second year in the NBA. He's not done developing. He's not done physically maturing. He was playing against guys that are bigger and stronger than than he is because they've been around longer and more seasoned than he is. So that's going to help. Um, Jaron Allen is probably going to hit the weight room as well this offseason because he got pushed around a little bit by the Knicks. But I don't think, Hayden, enough people are focusing on the why here. And Ashley and I talked about this on our most recent podcast. The Cavs started doing things defensively that they hadn't done all season long. Like this was the number one defense in the NBA for a reason. Um, And you can sit there and you can say, well, they took advantage of their schedule and playing against lesser opponents. And those aren't the opponents that they're going to see in the playoffs. And all of that is fair, too. But like for the number one defense in the NBA to change their scheme as drastically as the Cavs did in this series, because they didn't feel like they had the answer to slow down Jalen Brunson. And they felt like the only thing that they could do was spring traps on him. Like that was alarming to me. And that also led to a lot of these offensive rebounds for the Knicks. If we go back to game four, I don't have the numbers right now for game five, but if we go back to game four, a night that the Knicks collected 17 offensive rebounds, Hayden, 70% of those came after the Cavs trapped Jalen Brunson. Why? Because their bigs are out of position. Why? Because players are scrambling all over the place. Why? Because the Cavs didn't run that kind of defense throughout the course of the year. And Jared Allen alluded to it earlier today following shoot-around. He said, it feels like we have found things throughout the course of the series when it comes to manipulating the game that we didn't do in the regular season. And because they worked in one game, we continued to do them over and over and over again. So I think, yeah, you can point the finger at Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and they did get pushed around by guys who were bigger and more physical. 
and that played part of it. But J.B. Bickerstaff's decision on defense, his schematic adjustments that he made throughout the series, if we're being honest, did not put his bigs in the best position to be successful when it came to battling the Knicks on the offensive boards. Well, there was a ton of a ton of criticism for about J.B. Bickerstaff in this series, a ton. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was rotational because the you know because the rotations for the Cavaliers were kind of seemed haphazard where you know rookie you know Ricky Rubio hadn't been playing it just there were a lot of things um I mean did you, obviously you look at um Tom Thibodeau well veteran well seasoned veteran coach yeah did 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 JB I mean it's was it as bad as it seemed in terms of just it just it seemed like they didn't have a plan it seemed like their entire plan was to react you know what i mean like they didn't it seemed like whatever their plan was it was just to simply react to whatever was uh what was going to be thrown at them instead of like having a plan in place and trying to do in instead of like darius said after the game like you know the, the knicks just punched them in the face and kept punching them in the face the cavaliers never punched they just wanted to punch back and i don't think that was going to work in this series it's also about execution Right. Like, yeah. These players need to make shots. They need to run these offensive sets better. You know, I do think there were um, areas where JB came up short. And I hope following the season that he's going to do a self-evaluation, just like he wants Evan Mobley to do a self-evaluation, just like he wants Jared Allen to do a self-evaluation, just like the front office has to do an evaluation of the decisions that they made throughout the course of the year. Um, and they also need to evaluate the roster as a whole and ask themselves, is it good enough? Do we have enough shooting? Do we have enough bigs? Do we have enough reliable depth pieces? Like all those questions need to be asked. And, and JB is going to have to assess himself, too. And I think there were things that he made a mistake with um, in saying all of that. I'm going to stand by what I said coming into this series, and I'm going to stand by what I've said throughout the course of this year. Just because, like, just because you believe that there were better things for him to do and there were better options for him to use that didn't have a chance to fail because he didn't actually use them doesn't mean that they would have been successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, fans wanted him to play Lamar Stevens. Okay, there's no guarantee that was going to be successful. All right? No. Like, we just didn't see it fail. So it was like a level of unknown about whether or not that actually would have worked. Um, and the other thing that I think we have to be fair about is that this is and has been all season long a flawed roster, right? We've mm -hmm. talked about the weak point of the starting five. It's the small forward position. We've talked about not having a legitimate starting caliber two-way wing. Um, we've talked about not having enough shooting on this roster. We've talked about not having enough playable depth on this roster. We've talked about how J.B. Bickerstaff, with a lot of the decisions that he has to make, it's either or with offense, defense. Like, either I'm going to get some offense from Jetty Osman and lose some defense, or I'm going to get some defense from Lenar Stevens and not get enough offense. So it's like, 
in some ways, um, the personnel that that he was working with, I think, led him down the path of some of these decisions that he made that weren't successful. And if the Cavs would have had better personnel and if they would have had better options for him to make these adjustments, then maybe the adjustments would have been better. So I think this loss um, against the Knicks, losing the way that the Cavs did 4-1 in this series and having it be so lopsided, I don't think it was just a J.B. Bickerstaff failure. I don't think it was just a player failure. I think it was an organizational failure. Yeah, that, I, I love that. I really do. I really love that you said that because it was. It's not just about one person or one individual failing. It's it's the entire organization. Because um, you mentioned it, JB, there were some shortcomings. The players obviously yep. didn't execute. You know, there were some roster issues. Um, that points to everybody. Um, but that also kind of leaves it like without, not without uh, a direction, but they have to figure out a direction. You know what I mean? Like, if there's all these failures across the board, you know, obviously they're going to have to figure out which one is most important, which one they're going to have to deal with first. So in your estimation, what was your kind of first order of business be going into the offseason? It's the same thing that it's been for the last couple of years, and the front office is fully aware of it. They're not stupid. They need to find a two-way wing. Yeah. They need to find more shooting. Um, Isaac Okoro, you can continue to give him the runway to develop and continue to ask him to become a better shooter and become a better ball handler and become a better playmaker because teams are going to keep leaving him because he has a specific reputation. Um, Part of the reason why things were so difficult on Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell is because they just didn't have a lot of space to work with. Um, Because the Knicks just continued to pack the paint. They continued to send extra bodies at both of those guys. And they believed that that strategy was going to work based on the personnel that the Cavs have on this roster. And it did work. So that's been an issue for the last couple of years. Two-way wing, not enough shooting, not enough spacing. That needs to be addressed this offseason. Because if you're going to continue to run this um, organization around, right now anyway, around Darius and Donovan as these high-usage offensive engines, you have to find a way um, to get the personnel that complements that skill set and allows them um, to perform at their best. And in this series against the Knicks, um, the Knicks exploited the deficiencies on the Cavs roster, and that played a big part in Donovan's shortcomings and Darius Garland's shortcomings. It was a lot harder on those guys than it was on some of the Knicks guys. Yeah, no, it certainly was. I mean, given that. I, I just, again, I think the Knicks roster and, and Darius said it after the game and I could not agree more. He said, those guys are dogs. And like, I think that's kind of the funny slash sad thing about this season for the Cavaliers that they had this, you know, they had the junkyard dog chain and they, they, they had these, they, they were, they, they wanted to be the junkyard dogs. And at the end of the day, they ended up not being the junkyard dogs at all. I mean, they got completely pounded by the junkyard dogs, the real junkyard dogs, the Jalen Brunsons, the Julius Randles, the Mitchell Robinsons, the Isaiah Hardensteins, the uh, Josh Hart's of the world. I mean, those guys are junkyard dogs. And like, 
you know, I'm not saying that the Cavaliers don't have tough players. I think that Donovan Mitchell is a tough player. I think that Evan Mobley can get there. But I, I really do think that they, the Cavaliers need to, like, look inside themselves. And maybe this is – I've been very hard on Jared Allen in the series, and, and maybe you can, you know, talk me down. But I thought he was an abomination. I didn't think he tried. I didn't think he put in the, the, the effort necessary to try to, to, to combat Mitchell Robinson. I think they were all mentally in a bad place in terms of like the fear factor. I think what exactly what Mitchell Robinson said about, you know, the, the, the shaking was correct. And like that, that to me has, that culture has to change and it has to change quickly. Like as soon as possible, because I think that did play a part in this series that those guys just did not, could not deal with whatever New York was throwing at them. And this whole kind of junkyard dog mentality that they tried to adopt just got completely trashed in one series. I don't know that it got completely trashed, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, I don't. Like, they played against a team that was very, very comfortable playing in the muck just like them. Yeah. And the Knicks were able to play in the muck better than the Cavs were. But they still played well defensively for the most part in this series. Um, it's just... Like, Jared Allen is not as physical as Mitchell Robinson. He is not that kind of player. He is a different player. He has a different kind of skill set. He is going to get bullied at times by those kinds of guys. He's going to get bullied at times by guys like Joel Embiid. He might get bullied at times by guys like, you know, Robert Williams in Boston. Things like that. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. something that obviously the Cavs can assess here. If we're going to commit all this money to our bigs, like, are these the right bigs? Do they complement each other well enough in a seven-game series? Do they complement the other pieces that we have on the roster well enough? Um, and I also think, again, like, Jared Allen was not put in the best positions by this coaching staff. I don't think Evan Mobley was put in the best positions by this coaching staff. When you're talking about guys like them blitzing or overhelping or um, predetermining where they're going to come, like on the defensive end, to try and slow down one guy who you're determined to slow down in Jalen Brunson. Like, it's very difficult for Jared Allen to box out from behind Mitchell Robinson. It's very yeah. difficult for Jared Allen to box out behind Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, the guards of the Cavs have to do a better job moving forward. Like, Josh Hart had 12 rebounds himself. He's a six foot four, six foot five guard. Um, those came mostly against like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell and Karis LeVert and guys like that. So um, I, I do think there were times throughout the course of the series where you're right. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley got pushed around and they weren't tough enough. And they're going to have to add some more strength and some bulk this offseason. But I, I think <laughs> I think it would have been a little bit of a different result if the Cavs wouldn't have done the things schematically on the defensive end of the floor that they did. And I just don't think that can be ignored. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's an organizational failure. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's tough. I think that, you know, we talked to all the guys after the game at the podium and they all kind of said the same thing. Like, you know, it's just tough because they did do some great things in the regular season and they just obviously weren't, you know what it was everyone it wasn't just one thing so i guess you know like i said we'll we'll have time to kind of really digest this as we go forward but i mean fans are obviously very disappointed right now 
Um, and it doesn't seem like the avenues for them getting better is are, are a ton, right? Like they don't have that much cap space. They don't have that much wiggle room. They obviously need to kind of that the bench was a huge problem throughout the series. They re, they they definitely need to upgrade the bench. So just as you sit here today, I mean, how how do you start to 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 make the cap the um, how do you start to make the the Cleveland Cavaliers better in 2023 and 2024? I think, um, you know, it's it's interesting because, like, you have to be calm and you can't, like, react based on emotion, based on what you see in one series against a team that I think a lot of people thought was going to be a tough matchup for the Cavs. There's a reason why people thought this was a seven-game series. There's a reason why people thought this was going to be the most competitive and evenly matched series. Um, so you have to be cognizant of that, right? You can't sit here and say, Jared Allen had a bad series in this matchup against these bigs against the New York Knicks. So that means take him and trade him for like a two-way wing. You know what I mean? Like if that opportunity presents itself and the Cavs can find the piece that they've been lacking for years, the piece to complement Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell out on the perimeter, then it's something that they're going to have to explore. And it's something that they should explore because it's the hardest thing in the NBA to get. They tried in free agency. They tried at the trade deadline and it just didn't happen for them. They didn't have the pieces and many of the guys that they targeted just weren't traded by those teams. Yeah. So if that opportunity presents itself, then yeah, the Cavs should explore that. There's no doubt about it. Um, but but I don't think I don't think it's a situation where they can start making these decisions based on emotion because they have a good foundation here in place. They have a really, really talented team with a lot of upside and still room to get better. Like I think Darius Garland's going to be better um, because of this playoff experience. I think a lot of these guys are going to be better because of this playoff experience, right? And there is some internal growth within this organization that can take place. Um, Ricky Rubio may be better. And I had a source tell me the other night that Ricky is somebody that they're pushing to play with the Spanish national team this offseason so that he gets like meaningful reps in this offseason so that he can be ready to go um, next year in a way that he couldn't be this year because he was coming back from a torn ACL. So maybe he can be more of a factor coming off the bench. Uh, They've got a decision that they have to make when it comes to Karis LeVert based on how he played in these playoffs and how he played in the regular season and the big role that he had for this team in its success. uh, He probably has to come back and they probably back themselves into a corner because they chose not to trade him at the deadline. Um, So you got to believe that re-signing him this offseason is going to be a priority. Um, Evan Mobley, you think, is going to get better. He's only in year two. He was a defensive year, uh, defensive player of the year finalist this year. He was rookie of the year runner-up in his first year. So you got to think that he's going to get better offensively and defensively. So those things can happen. That's the natural progression of a young team that is going through things for the very first time. But beyond that, they're going to have to um, try and be creative in trades. Um, they're going to have to use the mid-level exception in free agency. 
and they're going to have to find these pieces uh, that they don't currently have on this roster and try and bring them here um, externally because the internal options are are very, very limited to, to become those kinds of players. Kobe Allman has his work certainly cut out for him. Um, that is for sure. As we kind of put a bow on this season um, and everything that, that happened, I mean, we both said before the series that it would be a massive disappointment if they didn't win the series, right? Yeah. Um, and not only did they not win it, they got shellacked. I mean, I don't think there's another way to put it. They they got beat down. So what is your feeling now? I mean, I think disappointment is certainly the the general oh, yeah. feeling. But, like, oh, yeah. is it is it almost like, I mean, again, maybe not for you, but is it like, I, I think I had concerns that I didn't even think were concerns before. Um, Such as? I think it's the mentality. I really do. And I know you 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 said that like the junkyard dog thing didn't necessarily go away. You're right. They did play good defense, but like before this series, I had no thought in my mind about trading Jared Allen. I had no thought in my mind that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley wouldn't fit well together. I had no thought in my mind that that they need to completely just change the identity of or not the identity, but kind of change their whole kind of um trying to put this correctly. Like, I don't think they need to change their whole mantra, but like their whole style, they need to just get bigger and, and tougher. So like, as I sit here today, I, I, yes, like you said, you just don't need to trade Jared Allen to trade Jared, Jared Allen. I agree with that. Um, but to me, it just, I have super questions about those two, Evan and Jared working, um, which I didn't have before. And that's concerning to me. But that's the thing. Like, it's one playoff series against a team in New York that does the things well that the Cavs don't do well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what if the Cavs would have played you... in the first? If the Cavs would have played in the first round, Brooklyn, there wouldn't be these kinds of conversations. You know what I mean? So that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's up to this front office to react accordingly based on what happened in this series, but not overreact. Right. And I just don't think, like, I just don't think it's fair to have, like, all these emotionally related questions based on one series against a team that, that created matchup problems for this particular team. That's all yeah, I'll say. No, that's fair. But also, again, my counterpoint would be, you mentioned Embiid. You mentioned... Yeah, I mean, you didn't mention Brooke Lopez. I mean, the team, the, if the goal is to win a championship here, okay. I, mean, I don't think these teams are going to be less physical. I mean, maybe, I mean, yes, they're going to be less. I think New York is probably the most physical team from what I can tell. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, it's probably the most physical team in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, I still think New York is, or I still think Philadelphia is physical. I still think Boston's physical. I still think, um, Brooklyn is physical. So if you're if that's the expectation is to, you know, beat those teams, then yes, it is only a series against the Knicks, which were a bad matchup. And I get that. By the way, the Heat win uh in four games against the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's crazy in and of itself. What a um, collapse by Milwaukee. Sixteen point lead going into the fourth quarter. Right. You want to talk I mean, about Jim changes. 
Jimmy, but yeah, there's going to be some changes in Milwaukee, but yeah. some some changes in, uh, you know, Miami, a great game from Jimmy Butler, again, 42 points. And that's, and we got to get to Donovan Mitchell just for a second as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, again, yes, like if the goals win a championship, you're going to have to get more physical. And maybe you do that through, like you said, the middle level exception. Maybe you can do that through trades. But like the, the thing that that doesn't go away is that I didn't have those questions before this series. But who I do didn't. you have those questions about? Just Jared Allen? Evan, Jared Allen, even <laughs> Darius. Evan's 21 years old. Evan's a baby. Like yeah. in, in playoff terms, Evan is a baby. Yeah, he no, is, I, I, he is learning to crawl before he can walk, and then he's learning to walk before he can run. This was his first ever playoff series, and he was playing against guys that have been in the league longer and are more physically mature than him. Yeah, I Evan just not, don't think it's fair to have those questions about Evan Mobley right now. Yeah, yeah. No, Evan is not. I mean, Evan is not my main focus. Jared Allen certainly is my main focus. Um but even, you know, and Darius, you're right. This was their first playoff series. But then, well, then let's just go into Donovan Mitchell. I mean, amazing regular season. Started off the series really well with two good games. Then just did not play well in New York. And then tonight kind of played okay. And after the game just said he wasn't good enough. So, I, I that's a guy I don't think it's that fair to have questions about. But also, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't get the job done and he didn't play well when he ne- I mean, they needed him in game. Right. If, if he played well in game four, we're probably talking about a completely different series right now. Even, you know, tonight, I think I think the, the Cavs were just so mentally beaten and physically beaten by the, the Knicks. I just didn't think they, you know, had it in them tonight to begin with. But if they win game, if Donovan Mitchell shows up and plays well in game four, then I think you're talking about, I think, a better crowd. I think you're talking about a better momentum for the Cavaliers. And I'm not saying that Donovan lost the series by any means, but they needed him and he wasn't there. So the expectation was that he was going to be great and he wasn't. So are there questions there? Is there, is there just. That's the thing, like losing the playoff series doesn't mean that like, there are questions about everything in this organization. Sure. And like, it's starting to say like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is bad. This is bad. This is not fixable. This can't get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, it was a bad series for Donovan and and yeah. he's right. He's right to own it. And this is going to stick with him um, for the remainder of this off season. And it should, because he got played. Um, he got outplayed by Jalen Brunson for the second straight time in the playoffs. Um, and Donovan knows that he wasn't good enough. And a big reason why the Cavs won 51 games in the regular season, and a big reason why they had the success that they did, is because Donovan was great. And he's probably going to be first-team All-NBA or second-team All-NBA. And he got MVP votes. Um, not to win the award, to, but to be in the top five of MVP. Like, that's not the guy that showed up this series against the Knicks. He did not play at the level that he showed in the regular season. And no. Donovan is somebody who prides himself on taking his game to a different level when the lights are the brightest and the stage is the biggest. And it just did not happen in this series. Now, again, I think part of that has to do with the fact that it was his first year in Cleveland. He was learning people. J.B. Bickerstaff was learning him. Um, the personnel issues that the Cavs had 
especially when it came to the the lack of floor spacing and the lack of three-point shooting around him, made it easier for the Knicks to try and take the ball out of his hands, made it easier for the Knicks to collapse on him, make him play in tight spaces, make him take tight contested shots. And Josh Hart had him in a torture chamber. And you got to give Josh Hart a lot of credit. He's a very physical, rugged defender. And he bothered Donovan. And that's something that Donovan had to own after the game. And I give him credit for owning it after the game. And one of the Cavs' best paths to winning this series against the Knicks was Donovan playing at an MVP level and being the best player on the floor. Like, that was point-blank number one thing that had to happen for the Cavs. The Stars needed to play like Stars. Donovan needed to be the best player in this series. And he was anything but that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my questions aren't with, are with, you know, Donovan himself. It's just more um, because I think he, again, I think he'll come back and be a great player next year. And the expectation will be right back there that he'll be, you know, he'll be leading the Cavs in the postseason and the lights will be bright. But I, I just, it, again, it is, I think disappointment is the right word because it's just all these things that you expected from the Cavaliers. Maybe you didn't expect them to win this series or maybe you did, but at the end of the day, it just, it was kind of the way that it happened. It was just so, I mean, it just was not like the way anybody expected it to be. And, you know, I think that does, I think that the silver lining of all of this is that it does expose flaws, right? The the four to one loss exposes flaws up and down from, like you said, organizationally, there were failures up and down. So right. the good news is that, you know, the, 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 the failures are out there. They're very obvious. Right. They're very, you know, it's not like we're like, well, you know, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. It was like, no, there are some pretty glaring things. Physicality being one of them, shooting being another, roster construction being another, you know, stars not playing like stars being another. I mean, there are some legit kind of very obvious things that need to be changed. And I think that will certainly, you know, help things moving forward for the Cavaliers. I think that's the thing. When it comes to their playoff run ending, their season coming to an end, and it was disappointing. I think it's totally fair to criticize, like, all these things. And I think it's totally fair to be harsh about this. Because they were favored going into this series. Um, They were viewed by a lot of people as the better team going into this series. Um, They had home court advantage. They played better throughout the course of the regular season. As I said, Mm -hmm. at least one player in that locker room still thinks they're the better team and they didn't play like it. Um, So I think it's totally fair to criticize them. They deserve that based on how they played. All I'm saying is when criticizing, it's okay to stop short of, well, this needs to change. This needs to be fixed. This can't be fixed. This guy needs to go. This guy needs, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be a disappointing ending to a season while criticizing them, but stopping short of going overboard and starting to say everything is bad in Cleveland. Nothing works that they've been trying to do. Let's dismantle the roster completely and start over fresh or let's get rid of this guy, that guy, this guy. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, no, and I get that. Especially for this team, right? Like, this isn't Milwaukee here that we're talking about. This isn't Philadelphia that we're talking about. This isn't, you know, the Boston Celtics that we're talking about. This is a team that we knew all season long was on a different tier than those kinds of teams. And their clock and their contention window was a lot different than those kinds of teams, too. And that can't be overlooked. 
Yep, you're right. In the last, but it was I'll a bad say, series. It was a bad series by everybody. I yeah. can't think of anybody, Hayden, that I I look at and say, like, wow, that was maybe Karis Levert. Like, wow, that was a great series, and you know, it wasn't because uh, of that I guy. I'd say, well, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. You're right. I don't think there's anybody. Yeah, I don't think um, there's anybody that really had a standout series. I thought Evan Mobley was very, very impactful. Yeah. Um, and I wrote about that today. They were a completely different team um, with him off the court than on the court, and he deserves credit for that. But there were shortcomings that he showed, and there were lessons that he learned throughout as well. But, like, nobody had a Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart-type series. Nobody no. had a Mitchell Robinson-type series, and that's why they lost 4-1. to one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, like I said, we'll have plenty of time to break this down um, as the season is now over. So there's not much yeah. else to uh, to do. But um, I do. I, I think the one thing that I'll leave off on is just I, I the one thing that I I I, I want to see from the Cavaliers. You know, I think that they just the the thing that I want to see that going into next season. I need to see a toughness that they didn't show in this series. And whether it be mental toughness or whether it be physical toughness, they didn't show it. And maybe that's because oh. they're young. Maybe that's because they're inexperienced. Maybe that's because they just don't have it. It could be a lot of things. But that's the thing that I need to see from this team going into next season. Because this exposed that is a major flaw. Um, this team was not nearly as tough as the Knicks, mentally, physically, whatever you want to yeah. call it. and. Uh, and that, again, that's going to cause problems in the postseason. I mean, you look at the – just look at the Miami Heat. You know, they 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 have this kind of culture instilled in them, and they were the seventh seed in the in the, in the, the Bucs were the two seed, and the Bucs, you know, have won an NBA championship. But yet, you know, Miami goes and beats them four to one. I mean, I think Hayden. that's because Jimmy Butler is a – do- What? Hayden, how many playoff series has Jimmy Butler been in? A lot, a ton. A lot, a lot. Yeah. These are growing pains that a young team has to go through. There's a process for these young teams that they have to go through. I understand there's a process, but at the same time, they got to find they they need leadership. Then they need Donovan to step up and be a better leader. And to and because again, I, I it's just the way that it happened. It really just rubbed me the wrong way. Like the way that it all went down. Like to get bullied like that, like that was not supposed to be this team. This team is supposed to be the the hard nosed, tough defenders, and it just it wasn't supposed to go down like that. But but and they, I think but they were they were the hard nosed, tough defenders. The area that they lost in was offensive rebounds, right? Like that's the thing that you're looking at on the yeah. boards. The Knicks dominated them on the offensive glass. The Knicks controlled the glass. You know. <laughs> Coming into the series, that was a distinct advantage for the Knicks. That's yeah. who they were. They were the yep. number one offensive rebounding team in the NBA. They were the number one defense in the paint in the NBA. Like, that's who they are. That's how they're built. That's how they play, right? The Cavs were not a good rebounding team throughout the course of the season. They were bottom 10 in offensive rebound rate. So, like, that's the thing that I don't think is all that surprising. The fact that the number one offensive rebounding team took advantage of a team that showed those flaws throughout the regular season is not all that surprising to me. I thought it was an X factor coming into the series, and it turned out to be that. Maybe a little bit more glaring than I thought, maybe a little bit more glaring than other people thought, 
But I don't think it's that surprising that the number one offensive rebounding team in the NBA that has a big, burly, physical front line um, won the offensive rebounding battle in this series because that's who they are. That's who they've been all season long. And the Cavs haven't. Like, that's not how they're built. That's not how they're constructed. That's not how their guys play. Right. No, you're right. You're right about that. It's it's certainly not how they play. But maybe that's what I'm saying is that they need to play a similar way. So you want them to get somebody like Mitchell Robinson. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, it's just it's just somebody who can grab 11 offensive rebounds. If you're going to be if you're going to be, I guess my point is, if you're going to be the junkyard dog team, you're going to be the junkyard dog team. Or if you want to play in a, you know, if you want to play completely differently, then you got to add shooting. It's got to be one or the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, or or it's a balance of both. Add a little bit of shooting, but the, but the, the the flaws are just so obvious. And like you said, they don't have shooters. They don't have physical presence. So you got to add one, both, or you got to really, like I said, you got to really load up on one or try to address both. And I think it's going to be hard to address both. You know what I mean? It's just, it's yeah. going to be difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, also in, in these playoffs, the Cavs have the fourth best defense. Yeah, no, they're, yeah. Despite the fact that they gave up extra possession after extra possession after extra possession after extra possession. So I think in some ways, and this was something that J.B. Bickerstaff pushed back on for the last couple of days. I think in some ways they did play to that junkyard dog mentality. I think in some ways they did make it very, very difficult on the Knicks. And they were scrappy in some ways. It was just the one that stands out the most is the rebounding battle. And that was not a strength of the Cavs throughout the course of the season. And it was a strength of the Knicks throughout the course of the season. And when you get on the biggest stage, um, when the lights are shining the brightest, you play to who you are. Um, And sometimes, like, the bad habits that you show throughout the course of the regular season, um, those are going to be exposed in the postseason. And um, I thought the Knicks did a really good job of doing that. Right. By right, the way, well, we'll... media availability tomorrow for the Cavs. Um, they're going to have exit interviews tomorrow um, at Cleveland Clinic Courts, and then there's going to be end-of-season availability as well. So um, that's something that should be interesting, see what these guys have to say. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get out of here. Like I said, we have plenty of time to break this down now that the season is done. We can look back plenty. We can look ahead plenty. Um, there's no gain to be had. So appreciate joining Maybe the Cavs Chris. can go out and get Kavon Looney from the Golden State Warriors. He inhales rebounds too. There you go. Uh, Warriors win tonight. Warriors win tonight over the uh, over the Sacramento Kings. So it is a three-two series lead for uh, for Steph Curry and the gang. Correct. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. So the the Knicks would or the Kings would have loved to have this one. The deer and Fox injury. Maybe that does affect things. But, yeah, a great series going on in Sacramento as well. So good series all over the place, but definitely not a good series in Cleveland. That's for sure. Go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. Get Chris's subtext as things happen this offseason. A good time to do it as there will be certainly changes going forward. So um, appreciate you guys listening throughout this year, um, and especially as we've ramped it up over the last couple of weeks with the playoffs coming. Um we're probably going to slow it down as the offseason, you know, progresses, but we will still check in from probably weekly. That sounds about right. Um, 
And Chris, I know it's time for you to get some rest, so definitely do that. Enjoy the family time, and uh, we will talk on Friday to do a further kind of dive into this thing and maybe a little more specifically and maybe a little less emotionally for maybe one of us, myself, uh, being that person, um, <laughs> I guess. It's because okay. I'm, I'm the, You're I'm the fine one that... to have emotions. I'm just trying. It's fine. Right. Well, I'm just, again, it's just the way that it happened. It's just. I get it. I just. That's my only thing, you know, it's not okay. like I said, like, I'm not like I'm not it's not it's it's different than being like a fan. Like, I, it doesn't ruin my day. Like, I'm not upset right. about it. But it's just it's just like you just. Yeah, I would if I were to like had like a Stephen <laughs> A. Smith show, I would be all over them. Like yeah. D-Man on the way home, I was listening to T.A.M. Like he was killing them. Yeah, I, was kinda I like, get it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get, I get it. it. So, um, you know. Fans are like that in my mentions as well. I've just always been more level-headed. That's how I'm wired. So yeah, no, more analytical, it. more level-headed. Oh, I am certainly not analytical. That is that is. <laughs> I am. I am. I am the John Dor. I am the John Dorsey to your Sashi Brown. How about that? There you go. Perfect. All right, football All right guys. Guy. There, football guy. Exactly. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you very much, Chris. Get some rest. I know you'll have plenty to write before tomorrow's morning as well. So yep. Try to get some sleep um, and enjoy the beginning of the offseason with your family. I'm sure it'll be great after a year of travel. So there are good things that come with the offseason, but also, you know, the end of basketball here in Cleveland until next year, probably October, November. So um, we will talk to you periodically throughout the offseason starting on uh, Friday with this another kind of dive into what happened in this series and what you can expect for the Cavaliers going forward. Appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. Have a great night. We'll talk soon.